Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy wherever they get their podcasts. The European Le Mans series on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Able to be here in 2020 after a late rearrangement. Then in a month's time, we head to Austria for the four hours of the Red Bull Ring. Then off to Le Castellet, which is the uh, round... Uh, in fact, uh, the round next, which is Monza, is the one immediately before Le Mans, because Le Mans, of course, was changed from its uh, June date to now be in August, and that has meant a slight rearrangement for Le Castellet to the early part of June, early part of July for the trip to northern Italy and to Monza, just up the road from Milan. Spa-Francorchamps, then the other side of Le Mans, and we end the campaign at the Algarve International Circuit in the south of Portugal. Most of the ELMS teams, of course, will be hoping that they can get cracking with the 24 hours of Le Mans in its new August date. And then hopefully going forward into 2022, we'll be back to as close to the longest day as possible for the Dondurance, the uh, most famous motor race in the world, the 24 hours of Le Mans. But a lot of the cars that you will see in that race this year are also on the grid here for the, 20, for the uh, four hours of Barcelona to kick off the year. A reminder of where we are as well, the 4.6 kilometre circuit du Catalunya built in 1991 grade one circuit and still the home of the spanish grand prix uh, very much a test center as well for many different categories and uh, whereas when we were last here in 2019 it was a saturday night affair because that was in the heat of summer the fact that we're here in april means that it's the more traditional 11 o'clock start tomorrow through till three o'clock and we talked earlier on, Graham Goodwin, about there being lots and lots of new in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. The same very much can be said in the ELMS. A huge amount. Uh, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world. And joining us, uh, massive amounts, massive proportion of new uh, in the European Le Mans series. And uh, there's been plenty of track time so far this week. The pre-season tests, Monday and Tuesday, for the European Le Mans series runners. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of laps run in New drivers, new cars, new teams, new tyres, you name it. There is so much to talk about. There's one of the new look cars. Be immediately recognisable to anybody that follows international sports car racing, the number 77 car. No, that is not the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship Porsche here for a day out. That is the 2021 livery for our defending champions. Snowy tops of the mountains, and it feels it uh, uh, as well, Johnny Palmer. Yes, it does, because uh, earlier on for the Michelin Le Mans Cup session, we were only hitting 11 degrees Celsius uh, for ambient temperature, double that on the track surface, but you don't necessarily associate those cooler temperatures with this part of Europe. Also, quite a bit of rain last night, yesterday evening. The rain poured down, which will have made the track very green this morning for anybody tackling, for instance, the Ligier European Series, which has full live streaming for the first time in 2021 and only the second year of that particular initiative. Uh, JMW Motorsport are back in their familiar colours, Graham. Uh, they are, but uh, with a tweak, um, just trying to work out if that's Italian or Mexican colours on the side of the car. But uh, I think now the longest standing team in the European Le Mans series, been here for a long time. And oddly enough, we just talked about that 77 car. Jimmy Bruni, of course, one of their drivers in the early years and successful years uh, for the team. You look as well to the 55 Spirit of Race car, the Invasion Stripes, as it was described to me by uh, the team and they're looking not to be hit as many times this season uh, with a bit of visual 
uh, changes there. Uh, tyre change going on for the number 93 Porsche. New driver for the number uh, the number 55 with David Perel replacing Aaron Scott. And Aaron, we wish you well. Aaron concentrating on his historic race restoration and preparation business and stepping away from full-time pro racing. Uh, what a great servant he's been to that team. Oh, certainly, because you know instantly saw the 55 car on an entry list. It had to be Duncan, Matt and Aaron all together. It was the war. It was the war. It, yeah, yeah, I don't think you could officially start a European Le Mans series without having that, that trio in the 55 Ferrari. Well, one third of it has changed. David Perel, who really made his presence felt for the Kessel Racing squad last year in the European Le Mans series, moves across. And I'll remind you of that just crazy finish to the GTE AM category we had. Two teams finishing on exactly the same points, 99. And they, it had to go to count back, but something like, was it the, the, who had the first fourth place in the season compared to, well, compared between the Proton Competition squad and Kessel Racing? And unfortunately, the 74 Kessel squad just missed out. We welcome back the 77. That is the one liveried in the WeatherTech colours for 2021. So we've got eight cars in the order. The ninth uh, will be back with us for the Red Bull Ring for round two. But just running through here, the drivers as the cars go out here as a mark of the quality of the professional drivers we've got here. Matt Griffin is in the number 55 Sprint of Race car. Paolo Roberti in the Iron Lynx number 60. Jody Fannin starts in the 66 JMW car for qualifying. Jimmy Bruni is aboard the 77 Proton. It is Miguel Molina, Ferrari factory driver, in the number 80 Iron Lynx. Rahel Fry in the 83, the Iron Dames uh, 83 Iron Lynx car. Proto competition started by another factory driver, Richard Leitz, in the number 93 car. In the number 95, uh, Aston Martin. That is Ross Gunn, another factory driver. Yeah, and uh, there was a slight concern from me, at least, for Ross Gunn, because the factory uh, initiative from Aston Martin, as far as their WEC campaign, has come to an end now. But there is still this window of opportunity for factory drivers at Aston to be employed effectively as a customer factory driver in respect of TF Sport. So uh, a number of favourites from the Aston crew still very much present on motorsport grids around Europe and a little further flung than that as well. All smiles down at the Proton crew with Michael Fassbender rearing himself for a second season. The Hollywood superstar, which uh, has always I think, maintained that he wanted to be a racing driver first and a film star second and following the footsteps of Patrick Dempsey, of course, who has long connection with Proton competition. And you could plot the progress of Michael Fassbender's season last year in terms of the learning, in terms of the experience, in terms of the improvement, and he'll be looking to build on that from the first round. He's been showing some pace uh, in testing this week. His, his role, he knows full well, is about consistency. More than anything, though, error-free. That is the key to uh, getting the best out of the package that he's got in terms of talent and that he's got underneath him in terms of the car with this very well-honed Proton competition team. But I was making the point to a few other people actually earlier in the weekend that a lot of the incidents that uh, his car was involved in last year, not actually of his own making, he freely admitted he'd made a mistake in qualifying at Ricard last year, but otherwise it was just wrong place, wrong time. And uh, a lot of endurance racing in terms of the success is reliant on a bit of luck here and there as well. Matt Griffin then, who's been installed into the 55 car, labelled as the top of the screen purely on numerical order. We'll get times through in a moment or two for the Irishman who pilots a 
change of livery, sort of. It's got, still got plenty of green on that Spirit of Race Ferrari, with about 50% of it is white now as well. Paolo Roberti, who, whose teammate was succeeding very nicely in qualifying for the Michelin Le Mans Cup, Reno Mastronardi, uh, will be looking out for Paolo Roberti in this qualifying session in the 60 Iron Lynx car. Jody Fannin, who did one round of the ELMS last year, the opener for JMW Motorsport. By the looks of things, that is a full-season deal now for Jody yep. the Brit. And Miguel Molina goes to the top with an early bar setting, 142.0 for the number 80 Ferrari. In fact, of the eight teams we have here, on track at the moment in the GT class, I'm tracking, I think, two coming back as returning teams with the same drivers, the same car as last season. But even that, actually, the 93 car, it is the new Porsche. This is the new current factory spec Porsche, now eligible with the new rear uh, exiting exhaust. Slightly quieter than the ear-splitting original uh, RSR. The only other team that is unchanged and we've got a new livery on the car is the number 83 car, and it's been a storied process into the 2021 season for the Iron Lynx 83, the all-female crude car. Uh, at no point up until about a week ago were we expecting it to be the same three drivers in that car yeah. and through a process of all sorts of elimination uh, that's what we've ended up with and they're delighted to see them back and what we really want to see now is what they've promised for the last couple of years is to get from that second spot on the podium to the top step and they came so, so close last year. I'm looking back at the qualifying times, or more specifically, the, the positions from our last visit to Barcelona for the ELMS and GTs. Well, it was a Ferrari wipeout, the top four positions in GT, going the way of the prancing horse with the 60 car, which has now actually changed team association since then. 60 very much an Iron Lynx machine, but uh, looks potentially good for the 488 GTE Evo. There has been a track refinement though adjustment at this corner which is turn 10 that's now much more open and therefore less of a hard stop as you reach it after a, a significantly long straight not as long as the main straight but 9 to 10 is a good run yeah t testing the pre-season test and we had a vast amount of track time for that Miguel Molina in the uh, iLynx car led the first two sessions but fastest overall in that session in those test sessions was Jimmy Bruni in the number 77 car okay. so there is pace in the Porsche here uh, you know they've not changed the specification of that Porsche for no good reason there are performance advantages inherent in that car as for the Aston Martin what a delight to see that, uh, that car back Ross Gunn will bring the best out of it for sure but a shadow of a doubt but that, that effort is all about Bangkok and particularly John Hartshorn and their preparation for the Le Mans 24 hours where John um, a man who's been involved in sports car racing on the national international as long as I've been writing, and that's a long time. And it will be, by the way, uh, John Hartshorn's third appearance at Le Mans in different British makes. Uh, has raced at Le Mans in his TVR, in the uh, Lotus Evora GTE, and now it will be the Aston Martin. That car only nailed in the 95 for a Le Mans place. So John continued to build on the CV. That's Graham, he's alongside me as well. The job was never done. Um, the other thing we should mention is tyres because pretty much every car just came in and switched to a new set of grid gears. Now, I don't think there's been any change in the regulations over the winter. You can have as many tyres yep. as you wish in yep. GTE AM. It's down to uh, the amount of your bank balance rather than any restriction that we have elsewhere in the race for LMP3 and LMP2. And uh, amount of tyres dished out by the relevant tyre manufacturers is carefully governed in the prototype divisions. 
The 80 car is still fastest with Spaniard at his home race, Miguel Molina, having set the 142.041. We've got Jimmy Bruni second. Probably first races for Bruni in the ELMS? Uh, no, he did one race, didn't he? Last season, I guess, I guess was it was last season before at Imola, I seem to remember. Sitting in for somebody who maybe he couldn't did. do the race. Um, okay. And then uh, before that, a uh, couple of years with JMW. Never done, oh. I don't think, a full season because he missed a race in JMW's um, title winning season. Yes. Uh, he was on duty elsewhere, but has never done a full season, so this might well be his first season. One quick thing to say here, we have had five cars complete a flying lap. There's a mark of what we've got to expect this season, all of them in the 142s. Very, very consistent, and uh, get used to that because these pro drivers, the either the silver or the platinums, which you are permitted to have one of the gold or the platinum in your three-driver combination. Uh, generally thrown out for qualifying because they're the quickest driver. They're the ones that are able to assess the conditions and get the, the times punched out at the earliest possibility. And therefore, the, the differences between those gold and platinum factory drivers generally is so, so small. So that's the reason why we've got this kind of low 142 benchmark which has been set. And if they're not quite close to that, like Jody Fanning and Ross Gunn, just give them a few more laps and it'll be right there for the JMW Motorsport Ferrari and the TF Sport Aston Martin. But the time disappears very quickly in these swift sessions. Ten minutes on the clock, but it takes you best part of two minutes to be released from the pit lane and around to start a flying lap. So the time will disappear through your fingers very quickly indeed. And Miguel Moliner is best placed here with this two-point uh, rather 0.2 of a second advantage over Jean-Marie Bruni and Rahel Fry just a tenth further back now just who's got this right who will get one who will get two laps before the chequered flag comes out here we're under one minute to go to the end of this session and that does not look to me like Miguel Molina is quite on it yet he's going to push here isn't he he's outside his delta he's looking to get the best launch he possibly can to start one more flying lap with 30 seconds on the clock well, he's going to pitting. Uh, oh, I thought he was pitting. Yeah, I thought he was pitting as well, thinking that the pit lane was just before turn 14. In fact, it's not. You negotiate the chicane first of all, and it was almost as if he was deliberately reining things back there to build a bit of, well, drop the tyre temperature and then push again almost for a second heat wave and uh, heat cycle rather. So over the line that he will go, and with just less than 10 seconds to go, it'll be this lap to potentially extend the gap. He doesn't need to do it by a lot. But it really depends on what this man, Jean-Marie Bruni, is capable of in the Proton Competition Porsche. Rahel Fry, who did improve on the last lap around in the Iron Lynx 83, still sitting there in third. So this is Bruni's only shot at this. He was purple in the first sector, made an improvement in the second sector, needed to find two tenths and a bit of change. And Bruni goes to the top. It's a 141.892. 0.149 of a second to the good. Miguel Molina has not improved on his first sector. Could that be the pole lap right there? Rahel Fry going pretty quickly. She's a tenth off Bruni's first sector time, but only a tenth. Well, the rest of this field, most of it, uh, uh, Richard Leeds has completed his final run. He will start no better than fourth. The bottom two, Neldin, Matt Griffin, and Paolo Roberti, will start seventh and eighth. Uh, Jody Fallon will start uh, sixth because he's in the pits. Yes. What can Ross Gunn do? He's got a blue sector to his name. Molina is not going to improve here. He, he is, needs to have shown 
more improvement to this point. He's in the final sector now and just heading out of turn 12. So there's the intricate 13 and then the chicane at 14 and 15 still for the Spaniard to do. Should know this place very well, but has he just run short of a bit of pace when he desperately needed it in the Iron Lynx Ferrari? Jimmy Bruni at the moment is in provisional pole position. But watch Rahel Fry because she's close to getting a front, a front row start out of this. Could it be better than that? I don't think it, well, maybe may it's close, you know. Very close and not quite, but she does improve to a 142.266 and Molina's time now confirmed and will not get any better than a 142.041. So 42.0 for Molina, 42.2 for Fry, Richard Leitz a 42.5 and Ross Gunn a 142.7. But it's Jean-Marie Bruni in the WeatherTech livery Proton Competition Porsche who will be the first pole sitter of the year in GTE in the ER. LMS and the car has not made the pit lane. It's missed the pit lane. Uh, 77 has missed pit in. Well. Ooh, that might cost a handful of euros. I don't think it's going to be anything worse than that, though. Now, he's probably receiving instruction from the team here as to what to do but next. But he can't reverse on the track. You can't reverse on the track. You can't nor, cross nor can the you, right, right can line. you receive the chequered flag twice. No. Nope. So he's really in two minds here. The only other option is to drive across the curbs, across the grass, and go into pit lane that way. But is it the safer thing to do to make sure that everybody's in pit lane and then do that under the instruction of the team? Yeah. Or do you claim that the car is out of fuel because you were running it that close to get the pole? And I'll need, to, I'll need a recovery, please, because that will also, should, mean that he avoids any kind of... Uh, wrath from the race control well, it's unit. It's not a sensible thing if, if yeah, yes, the, 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 everybody had finished. Everybody's in the pit lane now, yep. aren't they, apart from his car. The one thing this will do is delay the start of the next session. Yeah, well, there's automatically, I think, a five-minute down period, possibly on some schedules, ten minutes. So there's a little bit of flexibility before we get going again with ten minutes of LMP3 qualifying. I think Jimmy's doing the right thing here. He doesn't want to present a knee-jerk reaction and just jump across the kerbs and hope that nobody's watching. The problem is that the cameras around the track have found that uh, very striking-looking WeatherTech livery. Yep. It's easy. It's uh, very easy to just, spot indeed. Just uh, Aston Martin has come in, so maybe he was waiting. There's a few stragglers, actually, from the session yeah. that need to come into pit lane, Graham. Just looking for the, the, um, the graphic we've got that also indicates the 55 car has stopped somewhere on track. OK. Um... And we've not got a graphic that says whether or not the cars are in the pits, but... Uh, You're right, though. There's, uh, there's the word stop on the right-hand side, and looking we are now joined lane. by the 95 as well. The 95 is definitely down pit road. And the 55 was just behind Jimmy Bruni. And, and did he make the same mistake? I th are we going to see the 55, the 55 going in? Is the 55... Go the 55 is in the pits. OK. Yeah. So the only car out on track is the 77. That will require recovery, but at the moment still hangs on to its pole position. Jean-Marie Bruni set it. Let's get reaction from Proton Competition with Hayley Edmonds. That's right, I'm down here in the, in the garage with Jackson Evans, driver of number 77 Proton Competition. Now, firstly, um, could you just tell us what's actually happened out there with Jimmy? Has he missed the pit lane? <laughs> Yeah, to be honest, not 100% not sure what's happened with Jimmy out there. So uh, I think he's in communication with the team, but it seems that there may be a small issue. But uh, nonetheless, he did a fantastic job. Absolutely. So first, you're on the LMS. A great start to the season, of course, because you've got the pole with Jimmy. Um, just tell us about, you know, what your expectations are coming into this season. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's been a fantastic start. Uh, obviously, my first round of ELMS, and it's it's great to be joining Proton Competition, uh, reigning GTE champions. So, uh, you know, I'm learning as much as I can and enjoying it. So, uh, hopefully, we can have a good race on Sunday. Great to have you here. Thank you very much. Yeah, not his first venture into Europe, having spent a lot of his time in Germany racing in the VLN Championship, in Porsche Carrera Cups in Germany as well. And uh, one season, no, two seasons in the Super Cup that supports the F1 Grand Prix. So experienced in one part of European racing, but not so much barring Le Mans in ACO rules racing so brilliant to have Jackson here yeah it's, a, it's an interesting moment for drivers in this Porsche family there was a bit of a clear out of people with official driver tags at uh, Porsche including some very big names Jackson was one of them but very clearly still uh, in a uh, a seat that Porsche would have had a nod towards let's put it that way yes I suspect his career with Porsche is not done. It's going to be at LMP3 next, Johnny. And, uh, and uh, Just give me the times, yeah. actually, before we've moved on from GTE fully. So, Proton Competition getting the pole, as we know, despite the car stopping on track. 141.892. The 80 car of, for Iron Links, second fastest uh, by only a tenth and a half. Then Rahel Fry's effort, which was in the 83 Iron Links Ferrari, 0.2 of a second away from the Jimmy Bruni time. The other Proton Competition portion of a 93 finished fourth ahead of the TF Sport Aston Martin. Very Aston-type race number, that 95, but not the Dane train from the factory team adopted by Tom Ferrier's outfit for 2021. And the JMW Motorsport 66 Ferrari will start from sixth position. Just notice there, no time for the number 60 car. When that was doing okay, wasn't it, okay. in the session? Has so just lost times to track limits? Because of track limits, yeah, quite possibly, because Paolo Roberti in the early stages was actually setting the pace. But uh, a number of areas around this Barcelona circuit where you can breach track limits out of turn 9 and out of turn 15 as well, and uh, they're all being closely observed. You must keep at least two wheels the right side of the white line, particularly on the exit of fast or crucial corners. So LMP3 next up, and it is 16 cars uh, for this LMP3 grid for the season. And uh, returning the title-winning United Autosports squad. This is a previous title-winning squad, the Euro International car, and this lovely raw blue uh, livery on the number 11 car. And you're going to have to get used to it again. A lot of new names, new names and teams. With, I think three uh, graduating from the Michelin Le Mans Cup, uh, one team coming in from elsewhere, and a whole lot of new teams, new colours, new cars, right through this grid. Number 19 there, that is the new look for Cool Racing. Yes, now that's very different, isn't it? Because it I'm is. used to the sky blue that uh, is normally sported by Cool Racing. Much closer to their previous LMP2 living. Uh, yes. Actually, very handsome indeed on the LMP3. This is number 12. This is one of our new additions to the LMS grid, but if you follow the new you'll remember the racing experience team from Luxembourg. It's Luxembourg wave that's coming at Absolutely, us. Absolutely, no, it's very evident indeed. And the colour scheme there reminds me of an early rebellion. It does, actually. rather. The red and the gold. The Hauser-owned uh, family team. In fact, both the Hauser brothers uh, in the car together for the first time. And what they've tended to do is alternate in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. Gary one race, David the next. And the fact that they've now moved up to ELMS means that they both get to drive uh, for each race. So exciting times there. New look for Dicar Engineering. This is the all-black car. Lawrence Hurt uh, will need no interest again to people who have been following the LLS and Michelin Le Mans Cup for some years. Alan Berg, another Luxemburger, with, a, by the way, another Luxemburg team. Yes. Not Alan Berg, the F1 driver from some years ago from Canada. Alan Berg from Luxembourg. 
all very clear. Now, are we yes. expecting that car to be in the DKR orange later later on? Was I, that fairly? I've not caught up with Candy, so I don't know. Yeah. They, they've they've, it's, they've in, got... it's all carbon black at the moment, which yep. suggests it's been fairly late to, to organise that car and where it needs to I be. I think that's a brand new car. Looks, um, looks so like it. So the yeah. the third car the team has, the car that raced in Asia this year. Uh, is with the team in the awning as well. This is another one of our graduates, MV2S Racing. 30 seconds to open pit lane, Anders. 30 seconds to open pit lane. And that's one to watch, by the way. Got a couple of very good drivers indeed in that car. Well, uh, Fabian Laverne strikes as uh, someone who's very quick in Ferraris at a GT level, former ELMS champion, yeah, I think. Former Michelin Le Mans Cup champion, champion was he? Yes, no, you're uh, right. As and a then bronze stepped up to with Lusic Racing. Yes, now silver. Eight. Seven, Here's the countdown from Eduardo Freitas, our five, race director, as always. Four, three, two, one. Pit exit is open for the European Le Mans Series LMP3 class. Please remind drivers to respect track limits. Good lingering look there at the one aim Villorba Corsa uh, squad, the Italian team. Uh, and they, again, two very quick drivers. Uh, the Royal, the, the rather uh, lighter blue, sea blue, I think we'll call it, okay. uh, from the Greek National Tourist Board that backs Andreas Laskinatos driver aboard uh, that car. Greece is the word. So known for this season as the One Aim Villorba Corsa outfit, and it'll be Alessandro Bressan who does the qualifying over the next 10 minutes. United not joining the party just yet, but this isn't a problem no. necessarily. It tends to be the way that they do things just to allow the bulk of the field to join the racetrack. And now as they head down towards Turn 1, there's a nice quiet uh, racetrack in front of them. Well, that's the, the theory at least. It's the uh, first full season effort for the Lobo Corsa in LMP3. For some time there were early adopters in LMP3, which better in the first uh, season it carried on into the following season with Alicia, but then ducked out, uh, went back into GT racing amongst other things. Uh, looked after for a while, of course, the Settler Racing LMP2 squad before I, of course, took on the technical support role for that. Another car to watch, by the way, there, the number 15 car, and another of our previous title winners, uh, the 15 car from RRM Sport from northwest of England. That was the year um, Jot van Outen was it champion, was wasn't it? And, what, uh, what about him? I know. I was about to say, look what he's gone on to do. But uh, Graham, is, Graham knows his, him well, so pulling his leg a little bit there. Uh, mightily impressive young Dutchman who still continues to turn heads in and around the paddock. Got a nice little deal settled for 2021, we're delighted to say. Indeed. And uh, this car now in the hands of another emerging talent. And that is Melter Jakobsen, young Dane. We saw what he could do last year. And I think... Um, I think he's grown about half a metre since last... Uh, that, that's what you get with these teenagers. So they've been very distressed when he turned up for his seat fitting and it didn't fit. But uh, Oh, they shoot up these days. Oh, they do. Take, one, take uh, a couple of months away and they've turned into a completely different person. But the man from Viborg, 17, Malta Jakobsen, a former uh, Danish F4 champion and, um, yeah, was one of the drivers of the season for me uh, in the whole of the ELMS entry, not just LMP3. Uh, was had a couple of runs in the road to Le Mans where he was uh, making up ground after some lowly qualifying positions and was getting up towards the podium positions, exciting stuff. He is an exciting talent for absolutely for sure and he's supported here by two names which again, if you're uh, uh, followers of this sort of racing, let's get part here, back with the team. Uh, another race-winning man from ELMS and Mikey Benham steps into the LMS. Yeah, that's really good as well to see when uh, we wondered maybe whether Mikey 
had called time on endurance racing full stop, but uh, not a bit of that because he's back on double duty now for the rest of the season. So a busy, busy day for Mikey Benham. The Michelin Le Mans Cup race still to come at half past four this afternoon. As Malta Jakobsen heads to the tricky approach to turn 14 and 15, there's uh, some deliberately placed yellow sausage curbs there ready to damage a car if you catch them at the wrong angle so you do have to be very cautious to them, but don't lose any time um, very tricky to do both of those things at the same time he is first man to score a uh, flying lap it goes to Malta Jakobsen on 39.418 Garrett Chris pops in four tenths off that then Fabian Lefeu pulling noble so the gap between those four just a, just a smidge under a second but a lot quicker at the moment out there somewhere back on track is the reigning champion, Wayne Boyd. Very easy to spot the team Virage entry with Garrett Grist, the young Canadian, excuse me, at the wheel of the number 20 car with that yellow and orange stripe effect, sharing the car with Rob Hodes and CR Cruz. Once again, yep. Richard Dean, who's uh, of course the co owner and boss of United Autosports, together with a certain Zach Brown. Phil Hansen just over his shoulder, I notice. And often Phil put in for qualifying duties in LMP2. He's now a gold-rated driver, remember, after a title-winning season last year. More on him. Uh, I'm interested to see who will get the qualifying duties. I think it's a big, big prototype. He needs that car now. That's the yeah. job. He's, he's uh, newly uh, you know, reclassified as a gold driver. His job here at the LMS is to lead that car. With two new teammates on board now, the number two car. Well, the one thing, the one surprise, or rather not a surprise for me, is the fact that Wayne Boyd's been putting for qualifying duty in the two because he was the qualification specialist last year. I think got one, all but one pole time uh, in the whole of the five races we had in 2020. And just one tweak there as Tom Gamble steps out of P3 and into the LMP2 car, and in his place comes Edward Cohope who impressed a lot of people at Michelin Le Mans Cup level last year. With cool racing. So there's yes. some, all sorts of uh, twists and turns in these stories. Uh, Malta Jakobsen goes through again. Pips Boyd by 41 thousandths of a second. New name, by the way, up at the top there in the 13 car. Late addition to the Inter-European squad. Hugo de Vild, uh, Belgian single-seater racer, tested immediately after the season at Portimao with United was rocked up at Inter-European with a new-look squad. This is the new look to the Team Virage effort. Same livery you'll see on the two cars they've got in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. But that's symptomatic of the changes we've seen. We've got the same crew with Derek Brist, Charlie Cruz and Rob Hodes, but a completely different team. Yes. And there's a very healthy marketplace in P3. Now, the team Polish flagged at Virage, actually based in Valencia, though, so this is their home race, sort of, when you consider where the team is based. Used to run with a Spanish flag, I think, Team Virage, but things have changed there over the winter period as the Inter-Europol competition number 13 car. Now, this is the one that did have drivers confirmed about a week ago. Same couldn't be said, though, for the 14. There's been a lot of late changes for another Polish outfit as the 13 car comes out of the final corner with Hugo de Vilda, as you say, the Belgian Amarillo. 18 years old, another teenager to welcome to the field. Fourth position so far for de Vilda. Uh, behind, last year's MLMC champion, Wayne Boyd, 
doesn't go top because his teammate Duncan Tappy does in the number three for United. It's 21 thousandths for a second now, so 62 thousandths for a second separate the top three now. It's Duncan Tappy, 139.162, Malti Jakobsen, 139.183, uh, and then Wayne Boyd, 139.224, and Hayley Edmonds is going to have to get the uh, opportunity to say, where did you lose those 21 thousandths? <laughs> well, if it stays like this, and uh, I bet she's second-guessing herself as to which garage to stand inside of right now, because there are certainly two teams in it, quite possibly three if you include DKR Engineering, and into Europe all competition would wager that they can get somewhere close to the front row as well. So United Auto Sports and Duncan Tappy hold on to provisional pole at the moment, a 139.162 set by the Brit. Malta Jakobsen, second, but only 21 thousandths of a second, as Graham says, in the RNRM Sport Ligier. Another Ligier, third, Wayne Boyd, also for United Order Sports, and the best of the Duquesnes, only two in the entry, remember, but a lot more in Michelin Le Mans Cup, but only two in ELMS. That's Laurence Hoare off the back of a title-winning campaign in the Michelin Le Mans Cup last year, staying with DKR Engineering, and that car is fourth fastest. Uh, Duncan Tappy on track to just edge away a little bit more, 40,000 quicker than his previous time after Sector 2. The whole field, by the way, Johnny, at the moment, separated by under 1.5 seconds, the top five separated by under a quarter of a second. This is very close stuff with two minutes to go. Very intense indeed. You can't take your eyes off it. And remember, this is just part one of the weekend when we head to the race. These cars will need to be stopping three times, twice for a mandatory stop, which is dictated by a minimum pit stop time. And then the third, short, third uh, pit stop is entirely as quick as you like. Uh, but it depends where you choose to, to do that in the race. You could do your quick one first, and that would bring you out front and maybe out of trouble. There's a lot of strategy to be weaved into these races, particularly at LMP3 level. I's to be dotted, T's to be crossed, but uh, some strategy, there's room for strategy at the same time. Great camera angles in the cars drifting through that turn just to show just exactly what mechanical and aerodynamic drip uh, grip these cars are actually deploying here. Fabian Laverne there failed to complete on a lap that looked like it might vault him up in maybe into the top four or five, but uh, at a poor third sector, likely traffic there causing him a problem. But, uh, still improved times coming through, top of the field, are they all just biding their time for a final crack at this? United Auto Sports from RLRM Sports, they're bitter rivals, uh, in LMP3 racing over the last two or three seasons. Then the second the United cars, Lance Hur, will not be happy with just fourth. He's under two tenths back, and then just over two tenths, we're going to build in the number 13 car. The 13 car that has finished third, sorry, second in the championship for the last three years. Yeah. We're going to build part of their attack this year. They are just over two tenths back, but DeVille lost the lap he's on right now. It's easy to overlook the amount of success that Martin Hipper actually had with the Inter-Europe competition uh, campaign last year. Uh, he was fourth in the championship behind the three winners, uh, Tom Gamble, uh, Rob Weldon, Wayne Boyd, and then he was the next best point scorer. So, so consistent. Just had a very, very good team up against him. And uh, there was a few ch driver changes at the Polish squad through the course of the year as well. So checking flags out. Yeah. Nobody's actually seen it yet. The first car that will is Malta Jakobsen. This is his one and only opportunity to improve. He'll cross the line it's now. And he doesn't. Yeah. In fact, he pits. So he knew he wasn't onto anything special there. And uh, another other cars crossed the line, including Garrett Gris for Virage. And for MV2S, Fabien Leverne sees the flag, but he'll stay 10th. So 
the, all the improvements really came uh, in that first burst of activity. Yeah. Uh, a couple of cracks at it for the, the really top guys in this order. And uh, the really top ones improved twice. It's going to be Duncan Tappy by the look of things that is going to come out here as the pole sitter. Haley Edmondson, Haley Edmondson rather, will be uh, on her way, I'm sure, to the United garage. And that's something Duncan was trying to do for the whole of last year, but he found that he was up against Wayne Boyd and his qualification brilliance. But uh, Duncan Tappy, oh, I think he was suggesting to me towards the end of last year that he would take himself away for the winter, give himself a, a strict talking to and say, yeah. we really do need to get one of these poles sorted by now, and that's exactly what he's managed to do. The team has stayed the same, hasn't it? Jim Maguire, Andrew Bentley. Jim wasn't able to get across the Atlantic on a couple of occasions last year, so Andrew and Duncan ran as a twosome. But it looks like that's a very stable lineup, and I think organised quite early on that deal. Great way to come into a new potential title run, knowing who you're racing with and that your seat is confirmed. Yeah, so Duncan Tappy will be utterly delighted with that. He's been used to race success on MP3 in his days with Lannan Racing. Mm. Uh, with Mikey Benham, we talked about Mikey a little earlier, but uh, this will be a different kettle of fish. Uh, he's going to be very pleased indeed. You can see the smile despite the mask. The smile was clearly there with Jim McGuire. We get a chance to see. There you go, there's Jim, smiling eyes. So they've got something to bring to this party without a shadow of a doubt. And again, as we saw in GT, look at the gaps. Thousands oh, yeah. between the top three. Thousands. Well, a second covers the top ten, and as you made the point earlier on, a second and a half all of the field. Yeah, and I'm um, sure you'll, you're sure some of the guys at the bottom end of that field will be telling us they had a minor problem. Yeah, yeah. In that session, I know, and have so the potential to go to quicker. Come. So it's it, it does promise again to be particularly because we've got all the more cars and there, there doesn't seem to be an uncompetitive car out there. And even though there are only two Duquesnes, you've got one of them on the second row, the other one, OK, struggled in the hands of David Hauser, but as Graham makes the point, there might have been a niggly issue there at Racing Experience that they can iron out between now and the race tomorrow at 11. Let's hear then from the camp that take pole position, United Order Sports, now with Hayley. I am joined here by Andrew Bentley, driver of car number three, United Autosports. What a fantastic start uh, by um, Duncan Tappy here getting pole position. But what is it? 21,000th of a second separated you um, from the second place. I mean, it just goes to show how competitive the field is, is out there. Yeah, sure. ELMS this year is going to be uh, really, really competitive. It's... Uh such strength in the uh, in the field um, but yeah Duncan's just absolutely uh, flew there uh, did an absolutely stonking lap uh, actually all, all three of his laps uh, were right up there in the top three so yeah to get the aero car uh, United Autosport aero car on there P1 yeah, fantastic so uh, can't wait for tomorrow and a great start for your campaign 21-21 campaigns thank you very much thank you yeah, as I say, missed out on a pole last year when Wayne Boyd secured <coughs> four of the five and the other one went to David Drew, who was sharing the car with Astaban uh, Garcia, and they went on to take victory. Uh, United Order Sports, pole position, the first one of the year going to the number three car. Congratulations to Duncan Tapia, 139.162. It was Malta Jakobsen and the RLR M Sport car who ran it so, so close. 21,000th of a second, have to make do with a front row start in P3. Wayne Boyd. Uh, the Ulsterman third in the number two car, a 139.224 ahead of Laurence Hull, German driver for DKR Engineering. Into Europol competition and Hugo de Vilde, the young Belgian talent, doing a 
0.385. David Drew, the aforementioned, for Graf this year in car number eight, set to 139.691 for sixth place. Ahead of Team Virage and Garrett Grist, Alessandro Bressan for 1M Viorba Corsa and the 18 car Cool Racing and Matt Bell in the number 19 car was ninth ahead of the MV2S racing machine of Fabian Leverne, who did win the ELMS, by the way, at GT level in 2019 and the number five car in 10th position. I think, so, I, I think I'm right. There mm-hmm. are only two cars there, two gaps there that were over two tenths of a second. And I think almost half were under a tenth. Yeah. And several of them were under two hundredths. Yes. There were about five or six gaps there that had naught point naught one something. That was a very close session all the way down through the field. Everybody has got someone to fight with. And I don't think that session is going to be unique this year. I think that's the staple that we should get used to, in fact. Um, it's always intense, and I was delighted to see the Michelin Le Mans Cup was just as close as well earlier on. If you missed that, please find a way of re-watching it and make sure you're glued to the Michelin Le Mans Cup uh, for the rest of the season as well. We've got two cracking championships sharing the, the bill, and the Ligier Endurance Series, which is now just into its second year, an able support, I think, this, this, uh, and for we'll, this season and two. And will get better as yeah, yeah. the travel restrictions come off and people are coming out of lockdown, including some of the teams who don't have the budgets at this kind of level. Johnny, we've had the order of GT. We've had the salad course with LMP3. Now time for a big, juicy slice of steak. <laughs> That's funny enough what you had for lunch as well, so steak's on the brain, I think. Uh, yeah, 16 LMP2 machines with the added interest of a separate category within this as well because don't forget that we have full-on pro lineups and the Pro-Am Championship, which is scoring individual points, although you score points in the main LMP2 Championship together with Pro-Am if you are entered into the latter. We'll deal with the intricacies of that as we go, but essentially, if you've got a bronze driver in your trio or your duo, that enables you to be entered into Pro-Am. But I think I'm right, one championship point only. I don't think there's a championship point for Pro-Am pole. I think that's probably Yes, correct. for the pole, yes, but for the championship, for the championship in the race tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, first up, and again another one full of new, and uh, rolling into the middle of the shot, there was the 34 car, LMP2 Pro-Am. The 24 car, this is the Algar Pro car, Johnny. What a tale that this team has had getting here. Absolutely astonishingly poor luck. Missed the test. Um, it involves... Now, it, hang no, on a minute, because yeah. this team is based in Portugal. So somebody would say, Portugal. Portugal to Spain, easy. pretty easy journey. Yeah, easy. Three cars in the Asia Le Mans series, two containers. One put on one ship, one put on another ship for some unknown reason. First car, that was a 26 car, because they're running two G-Drive cars here, no problem at all. The other two... They were late, and they got later, thanks to someone turning hard left in the Suez Canal. That cost them a week. A failure by the shippers to pick up an email cost them more time because they couldn't get the car off in Greece. That car then went via Malta to Marseille. And then a uh, happy uh, little bit of luck where the uh, customs authorities... Before I talk that about that, let's talk quickly about the 84 car. This is the Asset 41 uh, effort. In the background, you can see the wheelchair of Fred Sose. Yes. Uh, this is Frederick Sose's Academy. We'll talk about that car, I, I know, through the weekend. Delighted to see them here. To complete the the, uh, the APR story, car was off the uh, off the ship, I think, last Friday in Marseille. 
Customs authorities agreed that they would ship it bonded, sealed, to Barcelona Airport to be cleared. Within a kilometre of the track as it passed through to go to Barcelona Airport, there was a serious road accident and the truck carrying the car, the container, uh, another truck things, and the central reservation yeah. uh, just... Uh, well, the they say these things come in threes. It was impounded. almost up to five and sixes by this stage. There's, there's, uh, there's further chapters to this story. Indeed. To say that that car was transformed from what came off that truck would be an understatement. Uh, yeah. the, the car looks absolutely stunning and is aiming, by the way, and we'll get again something one of these stories we can talk about for the season carbon neutral racing. Um, and already 10, uh, 10 acres of Ecuadorian rainforest preserved as a result of this effort. So G-Drive no longer run by TDS, nope. they are run by APR, Algarve Pro Racing, and you're looking for the 24 car, which is not in G-Drive livery, the 25 and the 26, which very definitely are. Dragon Speed USA back on the ELMS grid with their instantly recognisable stars and stripe livery on the top of the white gloss, and the 21 car, uh, Henrik Hedman's team-ish, well it's Elton Julian's team, but yep. Henrik Hedman has become the kind of main that. Ben Hanley joining him again and the addition is Ricky Taylor of uh, American talent, Ricky absolutely. Taylor and indeed. the idea for Dragon Speed this year is we will see a guest star in every race where, I agree with Elton not to say, or might, who the next two are. Oh I but that's t- going to be a rotating it affair is a rotating it star in, in the car, I can tell you they are both very worthy additions to that team and a couple of big star names. It's going to be great to see that and something to talk about through the season. Ricky Taylor having an absolute ball here. Absolutely loving it. Well, I'm guessing he probably never raced here in Barcelona before, but we'd need to check that with him. But there's he's, a he's re- He has raced LMP2s in Europe because he's raced for... Larva competition, yes, true. Now, did they did they visit Barcelona during that season? We'll have to look that up once we're done today, and uh, news on that to follow. Where they go? The Panis Racing Car, recognised uh, by the Golden Arches on the nose of that machine. Now that is out of the Tech One garage, as far as I can read, and uh, alongside the Ultimate entry, they're sharing a garage. I haven't quite worked out the connection between those two. I think they're, they're, it's a technical uh, partnership for them. Again, part of the new. And lots of it. Yes. And this is Racing Team Turkey, the number 34 car. And that car is out there in the hands of Harry Tignall, the uh, Mazda factory driver from IMSA. And, of course, a previous uh, ELMS champion in the days when the cars didn't have rooms back when around here was just fields. You uh, squint a bit and it almost looks a bit like a Mazda DPI, it the does uh, paint, paint scheme does on the Team Turkey machine. very handsome. I think that's yes, the ultimate does. car behind the 29 car. In a, that's a, the... the um, very different shades of red. It doesn't quite look at it from this angle, but uh, it's a kind of rich red, the, the one we've recognised from the uh, Aston Martin winning car GTM at Le Mans last year. New look as well for BHK Motorsport. They've put time in for this effort. Looking very kind of Alpine, but uh, none the worse for that. And some familiar faces as well uh, in that garage with Mark Owen from 360 Racing and his crew involved in it. Still we wait for the 21 Dragon Speed car, which, by the way, up until this point, holds a record in the European Le Mans series. Okay. As being the only team, and Henrik Hedman, the only man who has ever won an EMS race overall as a bronze rank driver. 22, starting to warm things up as the qualification duty is indeed given to Phil Hansen, as predicted by Graham Goodwin. So, 
All down to Phil, who was the silver in this lineup, remember, after a title-winning campaign in 2020 with Philippe Albuquerque, who's no longer part of the lineup in, 20, in number 22. Uh, Phil moving to gold and therefore, by the looks of things, being given the duty of qualifying. And the 22 car is out on the racetrack as almost the leading car. 32 is ahead of it, actually, and just exiting from turns 7 and 8. And then a little bit further back from the 22 is the Team Turkey machine, Racing Team Turkey, with Harry Tignall at the wheel. So car 34 no longer associated with inter-Europol competition. And I need to drill that into my brain because it's kind of automatically there from all of last season. The two G-Drive entered uh, machines from uh, Algarve Pro Racing also yet to join the session. So we haven't seen the 17 EDEC Sports car yet, nor Dragon Speed. And the three Algarve Pro Racing prepared cars, two from G-Drive and one APR proper for Diego Manchaca, possibly uh, about to join the session any moment. Interesting uh, switch between the, the LMP2 Pro-Am teams. A couple of the teams running with their four pro drivers, Harry Tignall and Nico uh, Lapia, amongst them in the cool racing car. But uh, others opting to go with their AM drivers to give them the extra time aboard the car they'll require to just unlock things. At the moment, Team WRT, uh, absolute super team in GT Racing. Uh, we first out of the pits and first to the top of the screens, by the way, with Mathieu Lehay just behind. It's 133.367, by the way, for Harry. And 3.47 to the good. So all sorts of storylines here. Still waiting. There's the 25 car. Will Stevens goes top briefly. Louis Delatraz now for WRT slots into the top spot, but uh, with six minutes still to go, it is bound to change several times yet. 132.933 for the young Swiss. Will Stevens for Panis Racing, number 65, second. Then Harry Tinkle, who we've spoken about, who's out in the racing team Turkey machine. That's a TF Sport prepared LMP2 car. Nicola Lapierre for Cool Racing, uh, another Pro Am machine. Let's not forget that Harry Tinkle is entered into Pro Am because of Sally Jolic's bronze status. So the fastest Pro Am entered car so far is that 34 from the 37 of Nicola Lapierre. Louis Delatraz, another new name for the European Le Mans series, but raced, of course, at Le Mans with Rebellion Racing, fourth overall for young Louis Delatraz. He's with the WRT team. A double effort for them, first full season in LMP racing for WRT from Belgium, Franz Voss and his crew. They're doing double duty here with their uh, LMP2 efforts and at Monza with the GT World Challenge. Uh, start in the season as well. All Boston change, here. all change at the top though, Graham, as United Boom. Autosports first and second. Jot van Outert in the 32 and Phil Hansen in the 22. They lock out the top position, the top, uh, the front row rather, in one fell swoop. 0.165 of a second between the two of them, but crucially, 0.355 behind. So that's what, best part of two, two tenths of a second from Hansen back to Delatraz as a bit of a cushion. Now, I still think Louis Des Delatraz will have a bit more to give in the Team WRT car. Now into the pits, and Will Stevens does likewise. So this is the natural pause in the session where cars take on fresh rubber. New tyres going on to the number 41 car. Delatraz, exciting talent. Lots more to see from this. On board with Paul Chatham. No, so apologies. This is Dwight Merriman, the 17. And, uh, if you are watching the live stream... Uh, you can also watch a dedicated channel on YouTube with the 17 full race in car. Very good. 
Rogers' point of view. And uh, Dwight Merriman and Kyle Tilly will be well known to fans of US uh, endurance racing from the IMSA Championship. This car carries the ERA Motorsport badge on the nose as well, although it's very definitely an Edex Sport entry. In the blue colours, similar to what it carried for Le Mans last year, and a blue car and a red car, uh, and uh, they have returned for a full season of ELMS racing. Now, Ryan DL's just popped up, I noticed, alongside a 17. So, do you think Ryan doing qualifying rather than Dwight? I think Dwight went out. I think Ryan's just got in. Yeah, OK, yeah. I think that's what's happened. There's Dwight was definitely on the car as it emerged, unless there was a um, driver identification uh, issue. But I think Ryan's just got into that car. So, Glaswegian originally, Ryan DL, and he spent a lot of his racing career the other side of the Atlantic, and again, someone who raced in the UK and then got himself a deal stateside. So I think experience at uh, big European tracks relatively limited. That won't be a problem for Ryan Diel. He'll learn this place and how to go quickly within the matter of a few laps. To the top, Ben Hanley for Dragon Speed, the 21 car, 0.176 seconds to the good with a 132.402 for the 21 car. That is our fourth different pole setter of this very short session so far with under three minutes to go. Frantic activity for the number team is getting new rubber on those cars. The nose of the ultimate car doesn't quite match the rest of the paint scheme on that. It's the uh, metallic cherry red that always used to be carried on the ultimate car. I don't know whether that's uh, by accident or design, actually. I see what you mean. Yeah. But uh, it's not got the gloss that the rest of the car has, so maybe... An indication that uh, it's had a new nose fitted. Anyway, brilliant to have the LeHay family back in the ELMS paddock. Uh, they didn't feature at all in 2020, but Mathieu and Jean-Baptiste LeHay joined again by Francois Elliot and moving up to LMP2. Very exciting times there. If my awful schoolboy French uh, doesn't desert me, I'm pretty certain I read friends and colleagues websites on Endurance Info French website that Francois will be joining the SRT41 team to complete their squad at the Mans and various 56. Okay alright, that, that's a very interesting story maybe just emerging this weekend, Francois Alliot and yes, uh, the innovative car as it's called from association SRT41 will be one to look out for, they're doing the opening two rounds of the ELMS and at the 24 hours of Le Mans. So Ben Hanley bailed out of that lap pretty late on. He holds just under two tenths of a second, but just on an outlap now, both Jot Vodutet and Phil Hansen. They will get round to get one more flying crack at this one. Louis Delatraz, though, is on a fly right now from the 41 car and is clearly pushing hard. Yes. Just being thrown up there as he just uses all the kerb. He's got traffic ahead. I don't think that's going to bother him unless that car's completely off the pace, and it isn't. So this is going to be an interesting moment for the young man early on in his sports car racing career. Amazing pace, though, heading towards Turn 9. There's obviously a little bit of moisture in the air here at Barcelona because you could see that as it was coming off the back of the aero of the car. Phenomenal downforce, and there's a little bit of smoke issuing as well when he's really late on the brakes, Louis Delatraz. This is how hard he's having to push to get ahead of the two United Order Sports cars and the time already set by Ben Hanley, and does it. Team WRT to the top with still 30 seconds left on the clock. It's a 131.867 for a team brand new to the ELMS, but you wouldn't know it. Absolutely. And to the top again, Nick De Vries goes from nowhere. Nick De Vries by 79 thousandths of a second 
hadn't even mentioned his name. And <laughs> <That's> <laughs> there the way he goes. He likes it. Absolutely fantastic. Before I forget, though, great stuff there from Ferdinand Habsburg. He's not in the fight for pole position. Clearly, had got the message that the the, the pole run was coming. Got out of the way to the to driver's right before the chicane and did not play a part in that. Could have actually ruined that lap. Didn't do so, and he continues now on his last run. Well done to Ferdinand Habsburg. What a sportsman he is. Well, Nick De Vries, I don't think that's an accident to be below the radar. Make sure that uh, nobody really suspects that that time is possible on that particular lap for the 26. And then bang. And there's very little time for anyone to reply to that now. It's only 79 thousandths of a second that De Vries has over Louis Delatraz. The rest of the order, Ben Hanley third, Jot van Aerten fourth, Phil Hansen fifth, Paul-Luc Chatan in sixth. Then it's Will Stevens for Paris, Harry Tinknell for Racing Team Turkey, Nicola Lapierre for Cool, and Ultimates Mathieu Le A. By the way, the fastest pro-am car so far is the Dragon Speed machine of Ben Hanley, which is now in the pits. Will Stevens goes third. It's a cracking lap from him four tenths off the pole position time also watching who else here is in the kind of window Will seems I think was was closest to it Paul-Luc Chatin was quick I don't think he's going to be quick enough down into the chicane comes the 28 uh, the 26 car rather and the 28 as well rather and uh, the Edexport Sport machine of Paul-Luc Chatin will head out of turn 16 and head over the line we're still waiting for Nick de Vries who pits and Paulie Chatin did cross the line. No improvement, though. So his best lap stays at a 132.746, which is good enough for seventh position. But Nick de Vries, not only do you have to have the talent to put that time in, but also the timing, which was perfectly positioned as far as uh, the Algarve Pro Racing crew are concerned, and also Nick's ability just to turn things up if he needed to. And the Aurus to the top of the times, the Aurus 01, which beneath the chassis is exactly the same as all the other Oricas, by the way, on the on the grid. Uh, but if you're an Aurus fan for the Russian limousine manufacturer, they are the first name on the sheet when it comes to pole positions for the season. There you go. What's a start in Europe um, to the career with APR of the G-Drive racing team. That is Roman Rusinov. Yep. Uh, gold driver, silver hair. <laughs> and, uh, which marks the level of experience he's now got since sports car racing. They'll be delighted. And shouldn't forget, by the way, they already come into this season having won a title. Uh, the G-Drive racing team. They took the title win in the Asian Le series. The other young talent to come in that uh, trio, by the way, uh, is not here with us today. And there's a reason for that. Franco Mr. Colapinto. Mr. Colapinto, yes. So the... Franco Colapinto is, uh, is doing double duty this year with the European Le Mans series, which is his priority, and the former regional, the effectively the former Renault, it's a long story, but they're racing at Imola this weekend. Right. That's where he is today. He won't be racing race two because he'll be back tomorrow. In fact, that is Franco. He's here already. Maybe he's won that race at uh, Imola and already got home again, or well, rather well, to Spain. Uh, home, actually, is Buenos Aires for the Argentinian. Only 17 years old and is here to celebrate with the team. So uh, We'll be talking a lot about him. A readjustment uh, to his weekend. He is blindingly quick. Blindingly quick. Yeah. Um, along with a number of other teenagers that uh, occupy the ELMS and Michelin Le Mans Cup paddock this year who offer incredible pace. And, of course, the crucial thing for the team is that Franco remains as a silver-rated driver, at least for now. Let's get some response from that qualifying session now with Hayley. 
I'm joined here by Roman Rusinovic, driver of car number 26 for G-Drive Racing. What a cracking start to this 2021 season for you with a pole. Excellently done. Oh, here he is, over here, is, uh, Nick De Vries. Yeah, I think Nick did an awesome job. Really, really fast, really good. Great job, mate. I think he's a man, so... No, 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 I have to go to Scrutineer. Oh. Okay, so... <laughs> he's a busy man. Yeah, he's a busy man, so yeah. No, no, to be honest, I think the team did a very good job today. Uh, yeah, and for position, is really great to start this season with P1. And really picking off from where he left off last year in, in Portimao, a great result there as well. Some great pace. Yeah, yeah, it was very good, but I think Barcelona is really important track for us. It's the beginning of the season, it's very hard to overtake. Uh, yeah, and P1 is really good, plus one point for the championship. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, the points scoring begins now for G-Drive Racing. A confirmation then of the positions in the LMP2 category after qualifying the first time of qualifying this year. A 131.788, more than good enough for pole position and Nick de Vries. 79 thousandths of a second faster than Belgian crew Team WRT and Louis Delatraz, who said a 131.8. Then Panis Racing, third for Will Stevens. The best of the Pro-Am runners is the Dragon Speed USA. Entered Orica for Ben Hanley and others. Henrik Hedman joining that crew, or containing, uh, remaining with that crew, I should say, as the bronze-rated driver. That's the reason why he is Pro-Am. 32 and 22. United Autosports briefly topped that session and locked out the front row, but in the end, they finished fifth and sixth with Jop van Aertert and Phil Hansen, respectively. Paul-Luc Chatin for Edex Sports, seventh ahead of racing team and Racing Team Turkey's Harry Tinknell. Pietro Fittipaldi for G-Drive Racing, the sister machine to the 26 that took pole position. They will start third within category and Cool Racing finishing in 10th place for Nicola Lapierre. So a lot of drivers there with big names and big history in this championship who didn't necessarily produce the business during that 10-minute session. It's so easy for a session to go not quite right and therefore a lot of hard work needs to be done in the race tomorrow. Make sure you join us for it. 11 o'clock start local with myself, Johnny Palmer and Graham Goodwin. We will see you tomorrow. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.